A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi. Can I help you find something? Librarians specialize in helping you find what you were looking for, and sometimes what you didn't know you were looking for. Thank you for joining me as I talk to my guests about all things library, including the books inside them. I'm Julie Chavez, and this is Ask a Librarian. Michelle Glogovac is the podcast matchmaker, an award-winning publicist, and host of the My Simplified Life podcast. She works with entrepreneurs, authors, and experts to hone their storytelling abilities, grow their businesses, and elevate themselves as thought leaders. Her first book, Podcast Guesting Made Simple, debuts in early 2024. Michelle is a wife, mom of two, stepmom of two, and a fur mom. She has her BA and her MS in law, and she is the founder and CEO of the MLG Collective. Here is my delightful conversation with Michelle. Good morning, new friend, Michelle. Good morning, new friend, Julie. I'm so excited to talk to you after seeing you one whole time. <laughs> I was thinking about that this morning. We've met one whole time for ones of minutes, and yet we live very close. So I'm so excited to talk to you today, and thanks for being with me. Thank you. I was telling my husband this morning, I'm like, Julie and I are now text friends. We, we exchanged numbers, and we've taken it to a new level already. That is 100% a new level. And that's something I ask people often is, do you want to be texting friends? Because I feel like that really does set you in a new category, right? Like It does. When mm-hmm. someone gives you their number and then texts you, I feel like, okay, it, it's it's for real. Yes. I, and I, I truly mean like it sounds silly, but it happened a couple of weeks ago. There, I had a guest on and I was like, yeah, I, I know we have a mutual friend. And she was telling me that you, you guys were texting and I was like, oh, I don't even have her phone number. Like, I'm. she's just on my show. And she's like, oh, no, now you're getting my phone number. I'm like, yes. oh, okay. Okay. That, that is something. Yeah. Yes. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm glad we see it the same way as well. <laughs> just another sign that we're meant to be. I love it. I love this it. This is perfect. <laughs> so we should say, so we met at Zibby's Bookshop for the mm-hmm. opening there, which was great. But I'm so interested to hear about you and what you do and just there are so many pieces of your business and what you're into. So maybe let's start with uh, your, let's start with your podcast. How did you get there or how did everything start? Maybe. Clearly I really phrased this (laughs) question super well. Tell me about your most embarrassing moment as a teenager and then let's start there. (laughs) No, I I don't know. There could be a few. (laughs) Yes. Give me your origin story. Like how did you get to where you are today? So it started in college. We'll start there. I went to UC Santa Barbara. I didn't have a car. I was putting myself through school and I needed a job and I could walk to the airport. And I was like, they're hiring. And it was $9.20 an hour. And I was like, score. Because this was, you know, back in 99. So 920 was over minimum wage. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. I can walk. 
boom, done. Yes. So I got the job at the airport in corporate aviation and I was a customer service rep. And within three months, their bookkeeper quit and they go, if you would like to take her position, we'll pay you $12 an hour. I was like, this is freaking incredible. Like, look at the money. Oh (laughs) my gosh. That is like, no, that's a college brass ring. Like (laughs) the idea that you, yes, I'm, I'm loving it because I would feel the same way. They're going to pay me $12 an hour. Yeah. And I hate math. So like that makes me perfect. But what I love, yeah, it makes me perfect (laughs) to manage your money of millions of dollars with millions of jet fuel give me the job. But what I loved was I loved hounding people for their money. And really, it was really weird. I love the goals of we have so much jet fuel to sell. Let's upsell. I trained the customer service reps. I then got involved with their national chain and training all of their reps in upselling. So I became really good at sales. Yeah. And I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. And when I graduated from college, they were like, now we're going to give you a salary with benefits. So I didn't have to move home. That was a yeah, easy, done. I bet. And then from there, I was hired on by a startup FBO. That's what I was working for, a fixed-based operation. Okay. And so I went to Santa Maria for a year. From there, I was hired by another startup, but they were strictly selling fuel. Uh, there was no base. It was a reseller. Okay. And I went to go work for them. And from there, they were trying to sell the business to another resale, reseller that was very big. It's one of the biggest jet fuel resellers in the world. Okay. And I walked away from the table where they said, we're not going to buy the company. We'd like to just hire you. So I went on for over a decade to work for this company. And I ended up spending 20 years selling jet fuel to corporate flight departments. Oh, my goodness. I love this story. This is just so perfect for the ways that little moments end up being a huge driver of our trajectory. That's incredible. Yeah. I love I, I, it. I was never in love with planes. I didn't like jet fuel. Like, who cares? Come on. It's it's gas, right? Right. So was it sales that you really enjoyed? It was the relationships that I was making. I had a lot of fun. I also loved the challenges of we're going to do a bonus structure. And, you know, if you sell X amount, then you're going to get an extra 10,000. I was like, oh, I'll sell so much more. So you have to pay me more. Like, give me the money. As it comes out, I'm like, wow, this is really pathetic how money hungry and driven I have been. But truth be told, that's what it was. And I also, I mean, it was a cool life to live in your 20s. I met celebrities and, you know, athletes and all of these amazing people. And I got to travel all over the country. It was paid for when I did training for the CSRs, I was staying in the the Four Seasons because they wanted me to experience what true customer service was. I mean, wow, what a bummer. It was wow. a rough life. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it was really a tough time. Yikes. But I worked my butt off. So, <laughs> Oh, I'm sure you did. And what a fascinating window you got to have into so many different areas of the world at that age. Like that seems like such a gift to be, to have that level of exposure. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And and a lot of it has stuck with me over the years, you know, even the customer service stuff and, you know, you're paying attention as you check in. Did they acknowledge you just with eye contact in the first, you know, minute? Did they pick up on the third ring? Are they smiling? All of those little things have stuck with me. You know, when I'm on a Zoom call and I see that they're in the waiting room, I turn on the smile, you know, I yes. don't know what the heck I was doing before, but it's like, here we go. You're, you're on. And it's just, it's a way of life. That's mm-hmm. just stuck. 
I really connect to that because I grew up, my dad was in hospitality when mm-hmm. I was younger. I mean, he was it with them for 40 years, but that sort of like, you don't say you're welcome. You say my pleasure. I mean, mm-hmm. those things. And I worked at a number of the hotels, but it's funny, you know, long greet time. These are things that you notice if you're in that area, but those are so transferable in terms of the way that you enter a professional space. Yes. Okay. So you were selling the jet fuel and just a money hungry 20 X year old. I mean, yes. just going after it. Okay, perfect. So, yes. we, so, and then what? And then, well, they moved me. So I went from Santa Barbara to Santa Maria, to Los Angeles, to Houston, to Chicago. And while I was living in Chicago, I went to the national conference and I met my now husband Adorable. and he was living in California and I had moved around on the basis of eventually you will put me back in California and you will pay for it. That's what I told the company. Like I will do my time, but eventually I want to go back because it's expensive to live there. And I know that I'm not going to pay my own way to move back. So you will do that. So meeting him just kind of accelerated that a little bit. Okay. And this was now 15 years ago. Okay. And he's also in corporate aviation. We dated, moved in together, got married, had children back to back. They're a year and three weeks apart. And it was then that I went, wow, I need to do something that's not just saving rich people more money. Okay. I need to make the world a better place for my kids. Mm. I need to not travel as much. What can I do? Like it was the time to slow down. And a woman from my birthing class said, there's this life and business coach. She's got a Facebook group and she's starting a podcast. You should join. And I'm like, I have no idea what a podcast is. 2018. (laughs) Did not know that on my iPhone, there's the purple button. You press it, you listen. I had no idea. No. So many years. The beginning of the end. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's been all downhill from there. (laughs) Well, she she was preaching about, we all have a purpose and a passion. I was like, yes, yes. I don't know what mine is, but yes, like this is what I need to hear. And I would share it on my Instagram and she reached out to me and she said, you obviously resonate with what I'm saying. Do you want to pitch me to be on other shows? I was like, this is a thing. I had no idea. And it it was a thing, but wasn't a thing, you know, back in 2018. Yes. Because podcasts have been around for decades, but they've only grown in popularity in like the last five plus years. Yes. So I started pitching her. I got involved in her show. I ended up producing her show. I don't edit. I can do everything, but I don't edit. I don't enjoy it. So not my zone of genius. Get away from me. Great. But then I just started my own business and I started producing shows, launched my own show, but I fell in love with the pitching part. And Mm. I think it goes back to the relationships. It goes back to having goals and wanting to crush them of, oh, you want to be on a show? Let's do it. You know, that sort of a thing. But getting to have clients that I believe in, Mm -hmm. that have messages to share, education, inspiration, stories, and putting them out there for others to hear and learn from that's my way of like, I feel like I'm doing something to better the world for my children. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That makes so much sense to me. And what a beautiful, what a beautiful way to see it because it's, I think it's easy to take the heart out of any sort of sales or, you know, sort of goal oriented pitch situation like that. But really Mm -hmm. it does come down to the relationships and having and knowing the value of what you're connecting. You know, you're plugging in all these people and that's just a gift to them. And you're right, for people to be able to find messages that resonate with them is a gift. Yeah. Because there's there's so many, you know, there's 
there's agencies that are like copy and paste and let's throw it all out there and do it to whoever and whomever and nothing's personalized. And it's the same thing, you know, from my sales days and it makes me cringe because I want to get to know you. I'm going to stalk you. I'm going to listen to your show. You know, I want to follow you. I want to connect with you. I don't just want it to be a one-way relationship. I want it to be really three ways because it's not just you and me. It's my client too. You know, unless it's like you and me, that's the two-way. Yes. But we want to make it so that the people who are listening get to learn from it. And it's the beauty of it. It sounds so corny, I know. But, you know, we're having this intimate conversation. It's you and me. Yes. You're in your bedroom. I'm in a bedroom. Yes. And we are talking and connecting. And now others get to hear what we talked about. You know, when do you get that? When do you get to be the fly on the wall when I know I love being the fly on the wall in a restaurant and I'm like, oh, what's going on? You know, I just came back from New York and I'm like, I ran into three couples walking down Central Park arguing. And I was like, well, I'm going to walk a little slower because I want to know what you're arguing about. You know, I'm one of those people. (laughs) I love to eavesdrop. So to get to do this and you're supposed to do it, how cool is that? It's perfect. I love that my 13-year-old calls uh, eavesdropping attentive listening. Because I said, are you eavesdropping? He goes, no, I'm attentively listening to what you're saying from the other room. And I was like, okay, perfect. <laughs> Great. But, but I did tell him if you're going to eavesdrop, you can't ask follow-up questions or clarifying <laughs> questions. That really lets the cat out of the bag. That Okay. What you said about being in New York and eavesdropping on people. I have sometimes when I'm in a restaurant with someone, I sometimes really have a hard time focusing because oh, if yeah. something is happening over here, I am half listening to that conversation and mm-hmm. really trying to focus on you if you're the person I'm with. But it's just, Same. it's people's interactions are so fascinating. And you're right. It is really a one-on-one conversation and you get the feel of how people communicate and how they are. And you're right. I didn't really think about the intimacy of it, but That makes sense. I I mean, I host because I'm so selfish. I'm like, (laughs) I get to read books for free. I then get to talk to the (laughs) authors. I get to invite, you know, crazy big people on. And it's like my excuse of, do you want to come on my show? I'm like, I get to meet them and talk to them and ask them any question I want to. I'm spoiled. I couldn't agree more. I feel like that. I just sort of track people down and I'm not afraid of the cold call. Me either. Yeah, Yeah, I love it. Right? I mean, people are like, how'd you get so-and-so on? I'm like, I asked. I emailed. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Just popped up, was like, hey, I got a show. You want to come on? It's pretty simple. (laughs) Well, and I will say there are so many more people that are willing and generous than I would have ever known. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people really do want to connect and have that. So it is kind of this spectrum where you have really healthy, good connection that can lead to friendship, really. And then you have, you know, bless her, there was a publicist that just emailed me, pitched me again for a person I've already had on the show. Like she pitched, I hosted, and then she sent me the same pitch again. And I thought, oh, bless, she needs, she needs a new tracker for sure. Oh, that's, (laughs) that's scary and sad. And and, you know, it makes me feel bad though for the client. A hundred percent. I don't feel bad for her. You're not no. doing your job right. I feel yeah. bad for the person who's paying you Yeah, for such crummy work. It's so true. There's a lot of... Okay. I would love to talk about... So your business, so you have the podcast, but you also do... Do you do general publicity as well? Or is it mostly just podcast pitches it's, for that? It's mainly podcast pitches. Okay. I do some traditional PR, but... okay. 
I love the podcast PR. I am yeah. the podcast matchmaker. That is my thing. It's my jam. <laughs> what has been your favorite? Has there been or one of your favorite like connections where you put the right person on the right podcast? Or is there a certain podcast you love to connect people to? I mean, I'm sure you have lots. So that feels... Well, it, it's different because I don't work with a specific client. I work with a bunch of different ones. I have a nonprofit. I have, you know, entrepreneurs. I have a influencer on Instagram. Okay. I have authors. So it's the whole gamut. No mm. day is the same, which is really cool. Yes. Uh, no clients the same, no stories the same. So it's a wide variety. I think that what I love the most is how it's opened my eyes to different people, different stories, to have a better understanding of what others are going through. Mm. Because I, you know, I, I came from a small town, paradise. I, you know, I... I've worked hard to get to where I am, but there's a lot that I've never experienced in my life that others have. Yes. And to hear how they've gotten through that, it it gives me more empathy, sympathy. It makes me a better person and allows me to teach my children this is what you have to, you know, really embrace in life mm -hmm. and what you need to stand up for and why your voice is important because there's so many people who don't get to share their voice. And so it's up to us to help them share their voice and to make sure they're heard. I really love that. That is so true. And it's so... What a gift to hear those stories. I had one specific episode from last season. I remember that the guest came on and he shared a little bit of how he had come to write the book. And I remember finishing the podcast, walking out and telling my husband and kids, like, that was a life-changing conversation. He said mm -hmm. words that I will never forget. And that's incredible. The idea that you can be that connected and understand what someone's going through or has gone through. And then I can have the benefit of that experience without actually having to experience all the pain associated with it. I mean, that's just yeah. such a miracle that we can do that. So I love that. You're the podcast matchmaker. Yes. It's currently being trademarked. I was just going to say, <laughs> TM. TM, yes, everybody. It is. The TM is there and it is, <laughs> it, it's with the USPTO as we speak. It's a nice long process. I was just going to say, is that a nightmare of a process? To um, it's just a lot of waiting. Oh, it is a lot. They are so backed up right now that it's at least a year before oh, they even respond. Gross. And then I didn't know because I, my agency is also trademarked. That one's in the last stages. But once they're like, yeah, maybe we need this from you, a specimen. Sounds so technical. <laughs> and you submit it. They're like, great. Now you've been approved to go into the Gazette. And from the Gazette, you have to wait 30 days for any random person to go, no, I don't think you can use that. And then from there, if nobody refuses it um, or, you know, stands up like yeah. at a wedding, then it's like another few months before they go, okay, yes, you can have it. So it's like a year and a half that <laughs> of waiting. Is golly. Yeah. I mean, yes, those wheels grind slowly. So yes. I can see that. But wow, a yes. year and a half, that's a long time. It is. Yeah. Okay. Well, but people, it's like writing a book, right? Yes. So. <laughs> we'll have a party. Well, it's funny that you say that because I was just telling, I'm always giving, you know, somewhat boring speeches to the elementary school students at my school, <laughs> but they've been part of the book process. And so I tell them what's happening. And I was giving them a little pep talk on perseverance just because they 
they don't know about waiting at all. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because also they're children, so they shouldn't have to know all that. But I was telling them about, you know, I used to listen to people talking about writing a book and it took me, you know, I've been working on this book for 10 years. And I remember being like, 10 years, that's a nightmare. And then I was realizing, you know, in the time of this, oh, okay, I've been working on this one for four years now. And that's just so crazy. But until you're in it, you don't really realize. So I'm sure a year and a half is very reasonable for the trademark situation. All <laughs> well, that now anything say. that's like a year, I'm like, big deal. <laughs> yeah, I can wait. Yeah. So let's kind of frame this out because I was thinking about our conversation this morning and realizing, obviously, not everyone has a desire to be on a podcast, is a public-facing person, but I kind of want to talk about what, what you notice that are kind of best practices, both for hosts and for guests. I would love to hear your thoughts on that and think about just the ways that that translates. So I think what I'm saying is, I was obviously really thinking about this question well. Gosh, good job, Julie. Do you want to put this on your worst practices? Because you can't. We can <laughs> no, put it no, right there. No, no, no. So what I'm thinking about is like, let's think about what are the best practices for hosts? And when people are listening, I think the what I'm trying to get at is that these are best practices for life and connection and conversation, mm-hmm. even if you're not on a podcast podcast. Yeah. But what would you say are the things that you like to see the most in a host and that you you think, okay, that's a podcast I want to match somebody with? I think it comes down to two things. And the first one would be for both a host and a guest is to be present, <sighs> to turn off your phone, to silence it, to put the emails away and to fully engage and listen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have had guests and hosts, I can hear the typing oh. while I'm speaking. And I'm like, like I can hear that. Um, it's not even the interruptions of, you know, the cell phone going off. Yes, It's literally, I can hear you with your pen writing something. I can hear you clicking on the keyboard. Focus. It's yes. just, it's less than an hour. Be there. If you can't be there, then you're wasting everybody's time. Mm-hmm. And that's a great life lesson is to simply be there, be present, listen. Yes. Uh, Because if you're not, then you're not going to take anything away and you're really going to be, I've got words that I won't use, Uh, you know, a really rude person if you're not there. Uh, The other thing that I would say on both ends would be to just simply do your research before meeting Mm -hmm. the person. You know, like you and I didn't know each other when we met. We were introduced, but I've stalked you. You've stalked me, obviously. (laughs) We prepped for today. You know, who are you? We exchanged phone numbers. You know, we did something to connect so that we wouldn't be coming in cold. And I, to me, that shows that we both care and we want to be here. And that's also, it goes back to being present. So, you know, if you're a guest, listen to an episode, go rate and review them. I left you five stars the other day. You know, it's I was like, oh, give her more. I wish we could leave more, you know, <laughs> you, you know, just do something, take that extra step. And it it doesn't have to be that hard. I relate it all to a podcast is someone's home. And mm. when you're invited as a guest, you're being invited to like a dinner party. And my agent was like, dinner parties are so like, no, like the 2000s. Like, no, they're not. I still have dinner parties. We have happy hours. She's like, they're Netflix and chills. I'm like, okay, I don't invite anyone over for Netflix and chill, but that's now in my book. So <laughs> I'm like, if you go for a Netflix and chill at a friend's house or a charcuterie, you know, paint party or whatever it is, yes. you know, you're being invited. So what are you bringing to the table per se? 
Mm. You're bringing yourself, but you have to, on a show, bring that knowledge, do it freely. You know, don't hold back. If you're going to be like, oh, I don't want to share all my secrets of, you know, how I pitch a podcast, then what's the point in going on? Yeah. You know, anybody can do it. They can't replicate who you are. And that should be your secret sauce. So going in with that bottle of wine, those flowers, that hostess gift, Mm -hmm. you're going in with your knowledge and you're going to freely share it. You're going to then engage just as you would at a dinner party. You're going to conversate with the people next to you, you know, get to know each other, share your stories. And then when it's done, you're going to send that text message or a thank you card. You're going to thank them in some way. Well, when it's a podcast, you're not just going to put it in your Instagram stories for 24 hours and let it melt away. You're going to create, you know, uh, something big around it. You're going to put posts in your Instagram feed, Mm -hmm. not just your stories, but your stories too. You're going to put it on your media page on your website so it lives forever. You're going to tweet about it. You're going to Facebook about it. LinkedIn, you're going to pin it on your Pinterest because Pinterest isn't just about dinner parties and decorations. Ooh, that's a good idea. I didn't even think about Pinterest. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to, you know, promote it in different ways. You're going to take the show notes and you're going to put them on your website. You're going to, and this is something that I'm trying to change the way because it's not done. You're going to ask for the embed code for the podcast player to embed it on your website because yes. the downloads still get counted for the host, but now your visitors don't leave your website to listen to it. You're going to do all of these things. You're going to get the transcript and find quotes for yourself. Or if you have my team working for you, then they do that for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're going to promote it and continue promoting it. So it's not a one and done. Oh, I was on the show. Big deal. And if they send you graphics and you don't like them, and this is a true story, this is why I bring it up. Yeah. Don't just not use them because it doesn't fit your aesthetic. Create a graphic that does fit your brand and use their cover art and link back. Mm. So there's so many ways that you can thank them. And it shows that you appreciate it, that they had you into their home and, you know, are allowing all of their audience to listen to you and to get to know you. And those are the biggest things I think that, and as a host, provide those things for Mm -hmm. the person so that, you know, maybe they do want their own graphics, but make it easy. Right. <laughs> Give them the transcript if you have it. Give that, you know, because most hosts do do transcripts. Give it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, give them social media assets. Don't just say, yeah, it went live. Big deal. I, I can't tell you how many hosts forget to tell us that it went live. Yeah. And I'm okay. like, do you want us to share it? Because it, it's live and the whole point was to be reciprocal. But if we don't know, we're chasing it down and we have to do that every single week. So really, yes. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I yes. am on the opposite end of that where I feel like I send out my graphics into the ether because to your point, a lot of it is, you know, and obviously I have to go, you know, when you're the host, you have to go into it. I'm doing this to host to enjoy it. But it is interesting how the things you're talking about are not hard mm-hmm. and they're part of the process of it. If so you've created a process. That is a good point you make. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write this down. Number I need one. to send you my process. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm listening and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, tell me more. It's true. And for me, I didn't, I'm a shoot first, ask questions later, which now that I say that out loud sounds horrible, but. My husband says that my life motto is shoot, aim, ready. And he's not wrong about that because when I started this, I thought, oh, yeah, perfect podcast. And then you have to back into it. And I remember telling someone, I didn't think of all the back end pieces Mm -hmm. that needed to be there. And what you're saying is exactly, exactly what you're describing, which is making it easy for people but then as a guest being reciprocal. I haven't been on a podcast yet, so I'm super excited. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, you can come on mine. Oh, done. Perfect. Done. Yeah, I'll send you the link after this. Yeah, done. Done. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> you were going to come on anyway. I did already invite you, you, but did. I thought we were going to wait for the book. But I think we can totally do it totally earlier. Up to you. It's Let's, not a I, big deal. I want to make it weird and pressury. So whatever accomplishes You can come on twice. Cool. <laughs> you can come on twice. It's a yes. twofer. Victory is mine. <laughs> so happy. Then you can call um, yourself a repeat guest, and that you know that's kind of a big deal too. A hundred percent. I've had one repeat guest and she was awesome. So I think I love what you're saying though, all of this about, you know, thinking through the way that we create the relationships in our professional lives and being intentional about them is Mm -hmm. it's not hard, but it takes effort and attention. And that is our most precious commodity, right? And we live in just this attention starved time. And you're so right. So many interviews I've done where people are doing other things and it's obvious. And the difference between that and an actual conversation is night and day. And I think for listening too. I mean, I can always tell when I listen back. Oh yeah. When you're like, wow, that person really didn't feel like being there that day. It's really too bad. And I even showered for you. So (laughs) that is true love. I mean, this is really, people are going to know we're best friends forever. Bestie texties. (laughs) I love it. I'm going to use that phrase. I don't even know that. Okay. I just made that up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right oh, let's trademark it. Okay. What is today? March 10th. We'll just, we'll get this done. I'll have my attorney great. listen. <laughs> Bestie texties. I'd like to trademark this. And your attorney's like, please don't. I don't want to be part <laughs> <Okay>. of this. <laughs> okay. Let's talk a little bit more about your podcast. So the title is My Simplified Life. Mm-hmm. How did you land on that? My original blog from 100 years ago was My Simplified Life. My husband coined it. He was like, you know, you want to simplify lives. And my sister's like, your life is anything but simple. I'm like, no, it really is. Like, I got kids, you know, I work and I cook. And I think it's kind of simple. It, Yeah, it's not. But uh. (laughs) (laughs) sisters really know too. Don't you love it when they call you out and they're like, um, hello, Planet yeah. Earth, I'm She's here. Like, what? No, no, it's not simple. I'm like, well, I'm trying to simplify things. Like, just make it easy. Um, and I think that's really what the point of the show partially is, you know, to make things easier to, to listen, to understand experiences. 
And I do solo episodes where I share just my experiences in life and what's going on, uh, you know, motherhood, work, but also I give podcast tips, pitching tips, PR tips. And then every guest that I have on, what I've found in all of my conversations is they've had a pivot in their career. Mm. Nobody has started in one place and stayed there. Literally nobody. Even my attorney, who's my one of my best friends. Yeah. She started in corporate law, but then she moved on to start her own, you know, firm for online businesses and stuff. And she's got all of these other things going on in the background. I'm like, you've everybody has had a pivot along the way. And even when you talk to authors and you have them on, I love to, we talk about the book, but I'm like, let's talk about what you do in the real world and your job too. Yes. And how it has nothing to do with what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. So my my whole premise is that your past and your present don't define your future. Whatever mm-hmm. you've done before, whatever you're doing now doesn't have to be what you do tomorrow. And I think that I'm the perfect example of that to go from jet fuel to podcasting to, you know, writing a book to it's so random and out there, but it was what I wanted to do. And I think mm-hmm. that if you set your mind to it, then you can accomplish whatever you want to do. You can make those changes. You don't have to sit at the job that you absolutely hate, that you Mm. dread getting out of bed for on Monday morning. You can literally find something that you want to do and make money at it and you can create it. You know, podcast, this was not a job or a business when I was in college. So who knows what our kids are going to end up doing because their jobs probably don't exist yet. That's so true. What a good point. And you touched on it briefly, but you preempted my next question, which is about your book. So you started the podcast, you kind of have this experience. And then did you did you know you wanted to write a book that whole time or did that evolve for you? I th- I've always loved writing. I've had journals. Oh my gosh. I threw them out because they were all my teenage years. I threw them out oh. like decades ago. And yeah. then I recently started picking up journaling again, but I love writing And I've always had it in me that I want to write a book. Like Mm -hmm. to me, my most treasured possessions are autographed books. And now now it's almost ridiculous because I'm like, it used to be a hot commodity. And (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I interviewed this author. I got their their autograph copy. I'm like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't have this many autographed copies of books. I mean, (laughs) they're growing. (laughs) Yes. Like gremlins. Yes, yes, really, mm-hmm. truly. <laughs> so I'd always wanted to, but I didn't I didn't know where to start. And mm. I, I, you know, what do you write on? I don't know. And I interviewed Jenny Nash, the book coach, author accelerator, and she turned it around and made like a hot seat where she started talking to me. She's like, what do you want to write about? And I'm like, I don't know this, that. And she goes, no, you start with what you know and what you're known for. Mm. And I walked away going, okay, so I have to write a book on what I do, uh, podcast pitching, but how do I relate it? And then I hired one of her book coaches yeah. to help me write a proposal. And I, she had all of these, you know, templates and blueprints and stuff. So I outlined 10 chapters of podcast guesting and pitching. Okay. And I related it all to the dinner party because I found myself in an interview that it just kind of came out. I'm like, yeah, duh. And I love dinner parties. We have a happy hour crew once a month. And Fun. so it all came together and I wrote this proposal. And this was, I started December of 2021. Okay. Right? Yeah. I think that was it. Yeah. 
And I am, again, one of those people of like, I got to get it done. We're going to do this quickly because the book coach is like, so we'll be together like six months. I'm like, oh, heck no, we're not together six months. I'm not paying you six months. No, 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 no. Like I am every two weeks, give me a deadline. This is what I got to write. We're doing this. We're knocking it out. So it took three months. And then I Amazing. worked on the, the query letter. And again, the, the query letter was easy for me because it it's was it's what I do. Yes, yeah. I was going to say. And I would stalk agents and, you know, who did I know and what books? I pulled a bunch of books from my shelves of who did I like and, you know, who they work with, mm-hmm. um, who's Jenny worked with. And it was funny because regardless of what the proposal was, the responses I got to my query letters were like, how did you find out I did that in college? Oh, I'm wow. like, oh, I just Inch. stalked you on the internet. <laughs> it was, that's what got their attention was that I took the deep dive into them and they were like, okay, I'm going to read whatever you have yeah. to say because you put so much effort into this. Uh, yeah, I had one agent who was like, nobody has ever come at me with such detail of who I am and what I've done. I don't know how you found this out. So what an amazing (laughs) tip for authors or just, but it makes sense. That's so true to your approach, right? Where you are, you're not doing that as a party trick, but more of this idea that I, I'm really seeking to know this person that I want to work with. And this is just due diligence. Yeah. And this is what you should know about me. This is how I operate. This is how my book is going to be. This is how I do business. So um, if you don't like me stalking you, then you probably shouldn't represent me. Then you're probably going to want to pass. Yeah. But that's wonderful though, too, because that does, it gives them a sense of you and a sense of your uh, attention and what, what matters to you. So that... That's pretty great. That's amazing that they were responding like, uh, wow, thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I queried, and I, I feel bad saying this because it wasn't that many. Oh, and that's okay. I, you know, on the Twitter community, I follow writers and stuff, and I, I feel so bad when someone's like, I just queried 500 agents. I'm like, oh, oh, I did less than 10. Like, <sighs> mm, it, it. I feel so bad. So I hate oh. saying, yeah, I queried less than 10. But to your point, I think we're talking about the difference between a mile wide and an inch deep approach or inch wide, mile deep approach. Yeah, so that's very true. You were doing the same amount of work. It's just different directionally. Mm-hmm. So anyway, continue. I'll, yeah. I'll write a little Twitter rebuttal for you because, I mean, engaging with strangers on the internet is always a good idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tell me about it. I, I got too involved in our mayoral campaign and I had, yeah, no, it was great though. My husband's like, you need to go to bed and stop <laughs> answering. And then I ended up at the election party and strangers were like, you're Michelle from Twitter. You're so <laughs> awesome. I'm like, oh boy. Like I've never been recognized for my tweets. <laughs> That's that incredible. <laughs> Did you go home and tell your husband, well, he was there. Big deal now. Oh, he was perfect. there. Yeah. I'm Did like, you bring him over? Were you like, yeah, hey. I'm like, I'm like, do you, they, they know who I am? And he's like, how? I'm like, Twitter. Twitter. What All those nights you told me to get off of there. The mayor's wife came up to me. She goes, thank you for saying what I can't. And I'm like, oh, you know me too? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm just going to give you my card. <laughs> yeah. So nice kind to meet you. Kind of a big you. deal on Twitter. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, so you queried less than 10 agents. Less than 10. I I got one, did the phone call. We hit it off completely. That's awesome. And of course, this is during election season two, and she was running for council member. So there was all kinds of things that we were talking about. We're like, yes, let's do it. I signed with her in May, 
And then we went back and forth with edits on the proposal and she started pitching, I think around October. Okay. And meanwhile, I'm still writing and writing. I'm like, I got to get this done because, you know, it was like I said, I think August 1st, I'd have it done. It wasn't done. Uh, You know, I'm like, ah, summer kids, they were here, kept going. But I'm like, well, she she hasn't said anybody's like, yeah, we want you. So I took the Christmas break and January 1st, everything was done and I had read through it, edited it. She's like, you know, holidays kind of slow. People are quiet. So far, we've only had like three rejections and it wasn't even, we don't think this book is great. We're like, it's too narrow of a topic. We don't think this, whatever. Okay. And then it was January. I should know this date. Like you would think that I have this date ingrained. She sent me an email and she's like, hey, do you have time on this Monday to talk to an editor with McGraw-Hill? I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Uh, yes, I do. (laughs) I I do have time. I will make time. I don't care what there is. Do we need to call it three in the morning because she's on the East Coast? Like, I don't care. Just 100%. And got on the phone with the editor and she was like, I love it. She worked with, you know, other big publishing companies before. She then had tried to freelance her own editing company before COVID and wanted to get on podcasts as well, but couldn't afford it. And then she couldn't figure out how to kind of do it herself because it took so much time. So she was like, I wow. will, like, I need your book. Yes. So she ended up, they have their, their meetings on Wednesdays. So she had to submit her proposal of pitching this on a Friday. So then the following Wednesday, I'm like, nothing. Thursday, I'm like, hey, Jackie, my agent. Hi. (laughs) She's like, there's nothing yet. Apparently some people didn't show up for the meeting. So we're waiting. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just wait some more. And then Friday, my husband was traveling. My kids are in school Mm -hmm. and I was eating. Now I remember what I was eating. I was, I just made myself a breakfast bagel. I'm sitting down at the table in the kitchen and I've got my phone and it rings and I'm like, oh, it's my agent. Oh, okay. Let me put down my sandwich. And she goes, we got an offer. And they won it. And I was like, this is big. This is huge. And we went back and forth a little bit with, you know, what else can there be? Some negotiating. And they wanted audio rights. And I was like, well, then I want voice artist rights because do you hear this? I'm a podcast host. I need those rights. (laughs) 100%. So we got those. Okay. Uh, And then she called the next Wednesday and they increased the offer. So... (laughs) So it is coming out in Q1 2024. The working title, because it may change, is Podcast Guesting Made Simple. And it will be the complete guide and tool on how to create your speaking topics, your media kit, how to pitch a podcast, how to repurpose the content into further marketing uh, so you get the most bang for your buck. And it relates to dinner parties, Netflix and chills, whatever you want to call it. Throughout the way, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, I give examples, good ones and bad ones. I share with you real life examples of pitches I've received. <laughs> oh, my. So many, yes. I'm sure, from which to choose. Oh, but I, I started keeping a file called bad pitches. Because <laughs> I'm like, someday I'm going to have a book and I'm going to use these bad pitches as my examples. Yeah. Well, and that will be truly helpful. I'm so excited. to. Re- I can't wait to read your book. I think that's going to be so (laughs) valuable. And I think it will have a lot for, like your editor said, there are so many people that are in need of that kind of instruction and breakdown. And you've done all the hard work of thinking through all these details. And it's not natural for all people, especially for certain 
authors and other people who work kind of in a less public facing sort of model. I think and that, well, that you know, valuable. with COVID, we all sat at home, right? Yes. So authors found out that you're not going to go on in-person book tour. Yep. You can go on a podcast book tour though, and yeah, they can all can. come out the same day, you know, so there, there's those types of things, but others are realizing that nonprofits share your story. Yes. You know, how do you get more traction? A nonprofit, a politician, you know, these are all people that have stories that yes. need more people to listen, to get on their side, to buy their service, buy their product, buy their book, you know, get mm-hmm. the vote. And so a podcast is a great place to do that because of these conversations. Yes. You know, it doesn't have to happen on a big platform, even though a podcast can be a big platform. It yes. can be just this one-on-one conversation that you might garner a whole heck of a lot more than if they were speaking on a stage and talking at you mm-hmm. instead of talking with someone. Yes. I love that perspective. I think that's going to be so valuable. And I think one of my favorite things about talking to you today is hearing your heart in it because you're so just genuine and I can feel your enthusiasm for making those connections and those relationships. And I'm sure that's a gift to your clients. And thank you. That's the biggest compliment. Like you're going to make me cry (laughs) because I truly love what I do. I I truly love it. My kids will say, you know, don't you hate going to work? And I'm not sure where they get that. And I'm like, no, mommy actually really likes it. (laughs) Yeah. I would love to work all day, every day. (laughs) Actually, if you could stop having this conversation with me so I can get back to work, that would be great. Yes. (laughs) Yes. No, I mean, that's, you're in your sweet spot and it's clear. It's so visible. So I have no doubt that that will come through in your book and I can't wait to read it. Thank you. Okay. So I have one more final question. So speaking of, I think you will like this game that I have. It's Esther Perel and it's called, Where Should We Begin? Okay. And it's a game of questions. Excellent. Yes. And I just- (laughs) Rapid fire. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, luckily there, and some of them, they have little codes because some of them are uh, not suitable for work, as it were. They would be ones you would want to have with people, not to be recorded. Gotcha. But I wanted to ask you one of those as my final question, if that works okay. for you. Did you randomly choose it, or were you like, let me go through all the questions? I went through them. Okay. So I've asked, I so try and kind of match it. Yes, I try and okay. match it to the guests. And I had a few options here based on how our conversation went. One, well, you can answer this one real quick. Between hosting or being hosted, I prefer. Oh, that's a tough one because there's different reasons for yeah. for, for why I prefer. For hosting, okay. I prefer because I get to ask questions and get to know people on that level. For yeah. guesting, I get the opportunity to share my story and to mm-hmm. educate people and it's also a great marketing tool. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> there's selfish reasons for both, you know. Yes. But I, I do love hosting. I love the connection on either. Yes. But I I love hosting because I do get to reach out to people and to to meet new people. Yes, you get to yeah. be kind of the master of the universe, as it were. Yes, I like it. That's the kind of <laughs> where's thing my I'm, evil laugh. Same, same, same. <laughs> Okay, so then this is the one I want to ask you, though. I'm irrational when it comes to what? Uh, Money, because I feel like um, I have to live like I'm poor. (laughs) Really? It's the weirdest. Yes. My husband wishes he were married to you. (laughs) I can tell you already. (laughs) 
yeah, that that would be yeah. Uh, and, and but it's so funny because my husband and I are the same way. Like when it comes to certain purchases, like we have no problem. I don't know what's a good example. Like if it's really big, uh huh, no problem. But if it's really small, we're like, oh, should we spend that hundred dollars on the new iPad? Like they were just on sale at Costco. Oh, okay, like yes. literally, it yes. was less than two hundred and fifty dollars. We're like, oh, should we? Because yours doesn't update and mine doesn't turn on. But should we spend that two hundred and fifty dollars on a new iPad? I just don't know. Like really. Right. But yeah, clearly it, it's like stupid stuff like that, that I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. It, it's that whole, you know, oh, well, did you spend, you know, $5 on your latte? And, you know, people are like, oh, that's what's going to make you you're poor. You spent $5 on a latte. Well, I did buy the Ninja brew, whatever <laughs> right. thing it is. And so I make my own lattes that I'm drinking now. I'm like, wow, probably saving a lot of money. But my husband's like, why do you put three scoops of coffee into the espresso <laughs> part? Do you know how much coffee you go through? I'm like, yeah, but I'm getting it on sale at Target when it's two for six. So yeah, it would be money. Totally money. irrational. Like I think it's going to just go away and disappear. Yeah, it's a mindset thing. That... Which is probably why my sales <laughs> goals were like, oh, you're going to give me 10? Give me 20. <laughs> That is so, I never thought about that relationship though, because what you're describing is totally very similar to the man to whom I'm I'm married. Love him. He's wonderful. He doesn't ever listen to the podcast. So this is great. <laughs> Mine stopped after like 10 episodes. He's like, you're on 168. Oh, I'll never catch up. I'm like, cool. Then I'll just say what I want. <laughs> great news. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. But that same, I never thought about people who maybe have a little bit more of a scarcity mindset based on history or whatever with money being more motivated probably with sales. I wonder if that's a connector. I would like to do um, some polling of people because- Or you need a psychologist or something. Yes, I can ask my yes. therapist. I was just going to say, I'll ask my therapist. <laughs> I have so many topics and sometimes my friends and family will be like, hey, can you ask him about that? I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> I refer I'll right out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you need to, oh, here, have Lisa. And she's like, you sent me a referral. Like, I don't have room, but because they mentioned your name, I brought them in. I'm like, you're welcome. Everybody's welcome. I'm just giving you business. And I'm telling you the money might go away tomorrow as we've discussed. So let's get as into I'm that. Scared. Yeah. You're welcome. That could be why she emailed me last month and was like, my rates are going up. Do you want to talk about it first? <laughs> and I was like, no, you're worth it. <laughs> I will keep you. Yeah, I will stop drinking those $5 lattes just so <laughs> yeah. I can go to therapy. Yeah. Oh, so true. Well, Michelle, this has been a joy. Thank it's you so, so much. much for, for Friday morning. This is awesome. Thank you. I know. I feel the same way. I can't wait to share this. Can't wait to read your book. I look forward to sending you the embed code and doing all the things. And, and the transcript if you have it. Otherwise, yes. don't worry. I will upload it and get it myself. <laughs> See, this is just, I love it. It's meant to be. Well, I am looking forward. And thanks so much for being a guest today. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Ask a Librarian. As always, it's my joy to share and learn with you. You can follow me on Instagram at Julie Writes Words, or you can go to my website, juliewritewords.com. There you'll find the show notes, including all the books mentioned in the episode. 
See you in the stacks next week. And until then, friends, never go anywhere without a book. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.